The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. As always, I'm your host, JJ, and this is my Jordan flu game. I have the flu in May. I sound like shit. I feel like shit. Keith could see me. We do this on video. Right now, I have a hoodie on because I'm freezing. At some point during this hour, I'll be sweating. It's gonna. It's a nightmare for me, but... I'm joined, as always, by Keith McPherson, who you can follow on Twitter at Keith underscore McPherson, on Instagram at Keith McPherson. And uh, Keith is the man of the week right now because he got a little FaceTime with the cash god himself. And that's, I mean, I'm diving right into it because that is, I mean, it's got to be, as a Yankee fan, one of the most exciting experiences you've had. Even though you were also in the fan cave, so I don't know. But you, uh, you watched the game with Brian Cashman on Sunday. Yeah, this is way cooler than being in a fan cave. I mean, not to knock the fan cave. Love everybody that uh, I was with in the fan cave. But uh, when I was in the fan cave, the Yankees didn't care about me. I didn't talk to anyone in the Yankee front office. Um, no one was checking for me in the fan cave. But now, five years later, I got to watch a game in Cashman's box and uh, meet Brian Cashman. And it was sick, dude. I mean, shout out to Donnie Batista for making the connection. You know, he listens to the podcast and... Um, he basically, you know, won these tickets and said, well, you're, you know, you're the host of George's box. We can't get into, you know, George's box, the Steinbrenner's box, but we can get into Cashman's box. He won four tickets, um, I think, at the Yankees homecoming game. And uh, oh, he brought his wife. The ho- like the homecoming dinner thing? Or the yeah, homecoming dinner before the um, opening day game. Um, gotcha. So yeah. yeah. He, he won four tickets. He brought his cousin brought his wife himself, and then he extended the invite to me, and um, that, that's my man, 100 grand. We're solid. I mean, don't take much. If you're a Yankee fan, we got something in common, and him and I have become good friends over this last couple of weeks because he's hooked up the suites and the tickets. And, um, yeah, so I was, I was in the suite, obviously, luxury This experience. guy, Batista, has tick, like sick tickets for every game. Yeah, I haven't a met him. ticket holder, and he's a cool dude, and he's just a huge Yankee fan. Like, you're not going to find a bigger Yankee fan and he's been doing this for years and you know he looks for guys like us um he wants to get me you scott andrew in a suite to do some stuff so we'll, we'll make it happen we got all season it was awesome that he was able to connect this one yeah yeah he's extended the invite seems like a great guy i've talked to him online just so we can update now i'm sweating that's how the flu's going <laughs> now you're breaking a sweat a yeah minutes in so You'll you knew right. you knew going into this this is brian cashman's suite so he so it was it was Cashman's suite, which is suite forty six, and um, I think it's just a couple down from the Steinbrenner suite, which is forty four, maybe. And we knew that it was his suite, but we didn't know who would be in there. We didn't know if he would have time to stop in there. We didn't know if we'd get to meet him, take pictures, talk to him, whatever. They were great hosts. It was beyond what I was expecting. 
the luxury experience at Yankee Stadium. I was putting it on the George's Box Insta story. The food was amazing. They were great hosts. Um, shout out to Michael Fishman. Uh, so Michael Fishman is the uh, assistant general manager, and he was chilling in the suite with his family. And I didn't, I didn't know who he was at first. You know, I'm just saying hello to everyone. And um, there was two older guys in the suite with us who I think their niece was friends with Cashman, went to college with them or something like that. So um, I'm thinking that the niece is going to show up. And I end up uh, talking to Fishman's wife, I think, and saying, hey, are, are, you, um, are you the niece that's friends with Brian Cashman? She's like, no, no. She's got like two little kids with her. I don't know. I was just so happy to be in there. Next thing you know, I'm watching the game. And then that video you see on my Twitter um, where I tagged you, I tagged Bronx Pinstripes. That was uh, Adoni filming my interaction with Brian Cashman as soon as he walked in. Yeah, and he just rolled up behind you? Literally just rolled up behind me, and uh, they tapped me on the shoulder, and they're like, Keith, look who's here. And for me, it's like I saw a Santa Claus or something. I'm like, yo, Mr. Cashman, my man. You know, shook his hand, and uh, of course, just started talking, and like, we're Yankee fans, so... We're talking about the Yankees, and uh, Elliot Wilson taught me back at MTV, don't, don't bury the lead. So the first things I go into is, you know, that I'm a Yankee fan. I've been working for Bronx Pinstripes, and you can hear it in the video. Yep. Um, I shouted you out and told him right away about George's box. And um, he, he says he doesn't tweet, and I asked, like, are you, are you on Twitter? Because uh, Joe's McFly said that he found out that um, Mr. Cashman has a, a burner. So I was like, you on Twitter? He says, I don't tweet. You could be on Twitter and not tweet. Uh, I, I think he's in tune. I think he sees what's going on. He's definitely familiar with uh, Bronx Pinstripes, definitely knows about this podcast now, and even suggested that we get Michael Fishman on, who gave me his card. I sent him an email. going to try and set that up. Uh, it was an awesome time, just literally just talking baseball. We talked about uh, the London series and like uh, concerns with like the roof and the turf. Yeah, um, that's coming up for us, dude. That's coming up fast. I, I got to start planning. I have no idea. I've never been to London. I have no idea about like what's over there and what I'm going to do. I'm going to be there for like six days. But um, yeah, they, they made uh, a bunch of announcements today, actually, about the London series. They're going to play on turf. Yeah, uh, they thought it was going to be grass. But now it's turf because they'd have to rip it out and put it back in next year. And they don't want to pay for grass every year. But so. How far into the game did Cashman show up in the box? Pretty early. I want to say I watched uh, the first two innings with Chad pitching, and and he popped in maybe uh, when we took Chad out around the time that Nestor Cortez came in. And yo, he's the coolest dude, dude. He's, he's like he's just cool as fuck. Like obviously he knows who he is, and we're in his suite. It was almost like you were chilling in his apartment, and um, he just talks baseball. You know, he 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 came into the suite as I was like walking towards the bathroom. And this was a little bit later in the game. And he says to me, he goes, did you see the Mets got swept in Miami? I said, yeah, that was a quick game. And he just kind of gave one of those like shrugs, like sucks to be them. (laughs) But I love that. I'm like, you know, think about the levels to that. Think think about the levels of, of Mr. Cashman saying to me, did you see the Mets, the other team in New York, got swept in Miami, Jeter's club, and us kind of just having like a tongue in cheek moment like, (laughs) <laughs> Look at that. Um, what else, man? Fishman was super cool. How he long did Cashman he, hang out in the box? Uh, he was in and out. Like, I'm sure he had a bunch of stuff to do, and I think the offices are right you know, yeah, down the hallway. Yeah, they're so right he, there. he was in and out, but he definitely gave us some time. The first thing I said to him was like, you're going to hang out for a little bit? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm here now. You know, I'll be, I'll be back. And um, everyone got to talk to him. There's another video that Adoni posted where we're just talking about replace for 28 and replacing replacing the players and who's coming back and he you know he told us straight up he's like you know well dd this is on sunday he's like dd tomorrow um john carlo tomorrow and i think they're both on track to come back by next week uh monday a week from yesterday will be john carlo's bobblehead day and i think everybody wants him to be back for that um so that was good. And, you know, before we knew what was going to happen, we, we saw Giancarlo hit a bomb yesterday. I think Didi had a couple hits. So guys are on track to come back. Um, I, I said something about Kendry's. I was like, good to have him. And, and he kind of shrugged that off, too. Like, yeah, well, he was available. <laughs> like, he got DFA'd and we scooped him up, you know. Like, if, if uh, where was he? He was with the Oakland A's. If the Oakland yep. A's are going to DFA him, then he can come over and help us out. Yeah, it costs us pretty much nothing. Um, everything I've heard about Cashman is that he's a cool guy like that. So it's awesome you got to uh, you got to have that experience. Yeah, I mean, 
for your first time to meet someone like that, that, you know, like growing up, you've respected. And then especially this year with what he's done with this team and, and backing up our starters and having a plan in place to uh, just have these guys that are ready to come in and play. It was awesome, dude. And then even not even talking baseball, you know, he asked everybody where, where everyone was from. We chatted for a little while. I told him I'm from Jersey City. Well, I'm from Asbury Park and I live in Jersey City. And he said, um, you know, he used to live in Jersey City. And we chatted about how Jersey City has changed and, you know, just regular stuff, man. He's, he's super cool down to earth. And um, he's still the cash god. I've been blessed by the cash god. But it's awesome to be in a room with someone like that. I've met a bunch of celebrities, athletes, entertainers, and uh, that was a different experience for me. They always say, like, never meet your heroes. And not that, like, Brian Cashman's directly a hero. But, you know, in general, when you meet, like, someone that you've kind of looked up to over time, they say, don't meet because, like, they never live up to it. And from what I've heard of Cashman, like, it always lives up to it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was so, like, nonchalant and super cool. And I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say, like, he's in the, like, never meet your heroes thing. He's definitely a hero. But, like, he's not someone that could disappoint. Like, there's no way that he was going to disappoint. Even if he had nothing to say, he wouldn't have disappointed me. I've met some athletes and rappers that they think they're hot shit. Like, uh, I met Joey Bats in the fan cave. And all of us were, you know, we're in the fan cave. We we're watching baseball every day. We were, like, pumped to see him. And he couldn't wait to get out, like, of the fan cave. And, like, we wanted to take a picture and hang out. And he just wasn't really concerned. It was like he was stopping in because he had to. So, like, that's yeah. a good example of that. I've heard uh, one of my buddies met Derek Jeter. He's an agent. And so he met him on the field during Jeter's last season. And, um, like, he's just – his dad's a Yankee fan. He's a Yankee fan. So someone facilitated the meeting. And – uh Derek Jeter just walks up and goes, "Hi, my name's Derek," and I'm just like, "What? What? You? Yeah. You're so cool. You're so cool to just the fact that you just go, hi, 'Hi, I'm Derek.' Like we all know who you are. That's awesome. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. You know, everyone knows who you are, but you don't have to walk like it. Yeah, it's just uh, these guys are cut from a, a different cloth, or we're well, yeah, just man. not there yet. We're we're lit, bro. We're on that video. I think that video's got like nine thousand views, and that was it was only like twenty seconds. Adoni captured the perfect like twenty seconds because. You get the Bronx pinstripes shout out. You get the George's box shout out. My co-host JJ, uh, former that, bar stool guy shout out. It's all in that little video. You got uh, yeah, almost nine thousand views, two hundred and ninety four likes as of right now. Is that your most popular tweet? No, my um, I just put it as my pin tweet. My most popular tweet was at Coachella two years ago. I got the sickest video of uh, the Flatbush Zombies performing Bounce and like. Pfft. That gotcha. video had like 80,000 views the first day. I think it finished with like 85,000 views. And I talked to the zombies. They e they wanted me to email them the video, but I wasn't beat for that. <laughs> nice. So that story is great. Like, I'm just, there's not, I'm not jealous. Like, I'm actually really happy. My wife asked me, she was like, are you jealous that like that wasn't you? And I told her, I was like, honestly, I probably wouldn't have played it as cool as Keith did. I like you're like, you're a smooth dude. I get like, I would have gotten a little more fangirl. Yeah, a lot of people it. were saying like, I wouldn't have been able to keep my composure like that. And I think it was just like, like I said, I've, I've, I've met so many, I'm kind of jaded by celebrities. I, like, I just met Kobayashi like last week and I was pumped to see Kobayashi, the like hot dog eater. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck about it. If I met that guy, I wouldn't care. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, I'm so jaded by, by meeting so many like rappers and entertainers. And like, when I meet celebrities now, it's just like, I don't know. There's certain people that I'm genuinely like eyes wide, smiling. Like I was I was super uh, pumped to meet Brian Cashman. That's awesome. So aside from that, the Yankees uh, did play some baseball. I know when we last talked last Tuesday, I had just sat through a rainout on Monday. We had another rainout on Tuesday. And when there are rainouts on back to back days like that, and at the time the Yankees are a game and a half out of first place. I find them anxiety-inducing because you just want to play so you could, like, especially when you're playing the Orioles, you're like, give us these fucking wins. Let us eat these guys <laughs> up so that we can, like, start making up some of these games because, you know, you're watching uh, Tampa play. I believe they were playing in Miami. And so it's just like, you know, they're playing a bullshit team. Like, you know, let us play our bullshit team and make up some of these wins. But we did come back, and on Thursday – or no, on Wednesday – had a, uh, a doubleheader uh, where we swept the Orioles. In the first game, uh, Hap had a quick hook on him. I believe he only threw 64 pitches and was pulled pretty quickly. Um, Domingo Herman looked very sharp. Uh, he's going for the Yankees tonight. We are recording this on Tuesday. 
And um, I think most importantly, Glaber Torres, three home runs in a doubleheader to tie Joe DiMaggio for the only Yankees under 22 years old to uh, you know, hit three home runs in a single day for the Yankees. Joe D also did it in a doubleheader. Yeah, young Glaber, the god, he's going off, off. It's amazing to see because like he is who we thought he was. But um, yeah, the rain pisses me off, man. I we we missed two games in a row. I think it was Monday, yeah, Monday and yeah, Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. It's, it's two nights with no games, and I know all of us as fans get in the routine of like six thirty-five, seven oh five, clearing your schedule, making sure you're home, or making sure you're at the bar to watch the game. And it, it gets you like pissed off at like the like New York City area and the weather that we have. It's like, damn, it's May. Can we? Like, get some decent weather to play ball, especially, like you said, against the Orioles when it's like, you know we're going to mop those guys up. But it was good to get the two in. Um, the doubleheader was awesome. Uh, the so the first Yankees, game flew. The Yankees were also playing. Um, thir- they were scheduled to play 30-day games in 31 days. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really – I didn't hate the rainouts from that front. And also because it did buy us a little time as guys are starting to come back from injuries. And we'll talk about the, the guys who were injured a little later. But – you know, you just want to get out there. You want to watch games. I mean, we wait all offseason to watch games. But right when we were, you know, we're right there where first place is in our grasp. You know, you want to see you want to see the team go out there and play. Yeah, absolutely. And coming off the high of, um, you know, taking taking the series from Tampa in Tampa where the lights went out and then we came and punched them in the mouth to end the game in the ninth inning. And then we come home and it's like, OK, you know, this is going to be. Uh, you know, great for Yankee Stadium. We're coming off that high. We're going to crush the Orioles. And it's like rain Monday, rain Tuesday. But like I said, the doubleheader was cool. It went quick. Uh, or the first game went quick. Glaber went off. We handled business and like went into this Rays series knowing you called it. And I mean, I, I we all knew, but you're, you're basically like a day out saying like, so after we take first place, like, what are you guys going to do to celebrate? Like, basically, we're, we're going to beat the Rays. We're going to take the series from the Rays at home foregone conclusion um what are you guys going to do to celebrate and that's exactly what we did and we did it in amazing fashion again one thing i found interesting with hap getting pulled early in that first game because like i said he only threw 64 pitches and then we went to adovino um in the sixth inning and hap got asked after the game like hey that was that that felt kind of quick and i think some people thought maybe hap would come back on short rest to pitch on sunday because you know we, we needed a pitcher there instead of throwing Chad Green, but as the um, or no who yeah so but then as things kind of as we look at Hap and we look at his stats, it's pretty interesting that we pulled him early against the Orioles and then he came back and faced the Orioles again and just got lit up like against the Orioles this year he started four times against yeah. the Orioles, which is a lot. And he's only thrown 17 and a third innings and given up 15 runs on 24 hits <laughs> with almost an eight ERA. But against everyone else, six starts, 35 innings, only 15 runs, three, eight, six ERA. Yeah, so they, they call that playing down to your competition. But with him, I don't think it's that, even that. It's like when we play these cream puff Orioles, he's got nothing for him. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's not fired up for it. Maybe and he's early not in the game, too. In. Yeah, early in the like game, he's too. giving it up quick. I was watching last night. I'm like, what is this? What what is going on? Why why can't he pitch against the Orioles? Like he fooled me against the Giants. He fooled me against I forget who else he pitched decent against. And I was just like, um, I don't know. Now I can't get the image out of my mind of his hand shaking in the ALDS against the Red Sox last year. And that was when I was done with him. I'm like, this guy is not ready to pitch in the ALDS. He's like shaking. They showed it like the close up of his hand behind his back, like, you know, gripping the ball. And he was literally looked like he was shaking in his boots. I'm like, that's not who I want pitching in the ALDS. We re-signed him. I understood the re-signing. And um, I don't know. He's got to figure it out, man, because with, uh, with with Paxton out, and, I mean, at least now we saw Tanaka is going to pitch Thursday. So we're fine there. We can't afford to have – we can't afford to lose another guy or have another starter uh, just not be ready to rock. You, know. you got to wonder if after this season, Hap has to start thinking about making a transition that CeCe did. Yes, and, absolutely. And you know, really start to learn how to pitch without, you know, w- without that, like, great stuff. Because, you, know, you know, he'll be 37 years old this year. Yeah, he, I mean, he can't blow the fastball by anyone. He can't find his spot with the fastball. So maybe he's got to get crafty. Maybe he's got to figure something out. Not 
after this season now. Like, he should be working on it today. Uh, before his next start, let's let's see some different pitches. Let's see some uh, somewhat of a, of a different approach because what, whatever he's doing right now is not working. Uh, Trey Mancini owns him. It's like, I think they said Trey Mancini had four home runs or three home runs off him this year. Like, what? Come on, bro. Get it together. And uh, yeah, Trey Mancini, really good, blocked by Chris Davis, even still being on that roster. And he owns Hap the way Glaber owns the uh, owns the Orioles himself. So the sweep, doubleheader sweep was fine. That's great. But now we go into the race series. A half a game out of first place. It's Friday night, and the Yankees go on and start to stink up the joint early in the game. Yeah. And then come back and score three runs in the ninth inning. Like, and that's a great too. Friday night. Yeah, there was they a dealt with a delay. delay. On, in the middle of that one, too. But to score, the, the fact we've talked so much about how young this team is and how these guys are just kind of piecing it together. And as you've, you know, really put out there the replace for 28 as this is a puzzle of young guys out there. Um, and I remember at one point this season, Hap and Gardner were the only guys in the lineup who hadn't played in the minor leagues uh, yeah. last year. But the way this team is kind of just just sticking, you know, sticking with what they need to do, never giving up. They're legging out every ground ball. They're not quitting on themselves. And to come back and in the ninth inning, have Luke Voigt hit a home run. And then Gio Urshela, the clock has not struck midnight. Your carriage has not turned back into a pumpkin. He just keeps doing it, keeps delivering. And next thing you know, J.J. was right, and the Yankees are in first place. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And we were watching that game Friday, and I was, I was in the bar watching it. And as soon as Chad Green came in, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, I don't feel good about this. And then I'm on Twitter, and I'm seeing everybody – getting after Boone for his bullpen decisions and then rain delay. And I go walk home to watch the rest of the game and I catch the end and I'm like, these guys bail everyone out. They will bail Aaron Boone out. They'll bail Jay Happ out. If you give up runs or you commit an error or you make a mistake, they band together and they figure it out. Replace for 28 and it's going to continue. Like someone was saying to me uh, recently, they're like, okay, you're replaced for 28. Does that stop when... The you know Giancarlo comes back and judge. I'm like no, because you know eventually like I was wondering that myself. Like like there were there's gonna be more replacements, right? And it's gonna it's not a guarantee that like Didi comes back and is a replacement for you know whatever or like it's not a guarantee that any of these guys just get that spot. It's like a shuffle game of like I don't know like I think I compared it to chess or Tetris or it's like a high level game of just filling in the blanks and and knowing what to do and you don't want to mess up this chemistry, but I don't think it's going to get messed up. I think these guys band together. Um, Haps post game yesterday, he said, you know, the team won in spite of me. I, don't, I think he used the wrong words, but basically what he meant was like, he heard the guy saying, hey, we got a lot more game to play. We're not losing this game. Like we got a lot more game to come back. We were down 6-1 against the Orioles last night and they came back. When we're on Friday night, it rained. We had every excuse to pack it in. First game of the series couple decisions with uh you know Ottavino and Kane Lee and you know yeah we're, we're I mean down. Aaron Boone does manage this bullpen like a dickhead sometimes sometimes, sometimes. He, he does like it's it's tough as a Yankee fan because we know Boone's like weaknesses also now I'm freezing again just a little flu update um <laughs> we know that Boone struggles with the bullpen uh Girardi did at times too but then we've just got Larry Rothschild, who couldn't even <laughs> fix his own pitchers. So it's He's almost there. It's to the point. It's similar to Andy Reid. I know you're a football guy. Like Andy Reid needs a coach who just manages timeouts for him. Right. I think we just he needs maybe a different pitching coach or whoever it is who just tells you this is who should come in now. This is who should not come in now because. I you think can when, look at the Twitter timeline. <laughs> That's what I said. As soon as these moves happen, and I'm on Twitter, everyone is losing their minds before a pitch is thrown. They're like, "Why? Why Canely here? You know, why Chad Green here?" And I mean, this team bailed Boone out on Friday night after the rain delay, came back and won it. Um, three runs in the ninth. I was not expecting that. I I I walked home from the bar like 
I missed some of it. And I walked in the door and I'm like, we're about to win this. We we won. Yeah. I mean, when you've got the thing is though, when you've got Adavino who's got a, you know, around a one and a half ERA, one six four, you've got Canely one point oh six ERA, and then you've got Green with almost a fourteen ERA. It's just yeah. like, what do you yeah, let him let him figure it out. Let him get that ERA down, but let him do it in garbage time. And I'll tell you what, in a you know one nothing game, that's not garbage time. Right. No. And I mean, I know that we gave Green the ball in Tampa, and he looked good in his first appearance back. Uh, I understand Boone, you know, the trust factor and him trying to you know build these guys up, but not against the other team in our division that is in first place that we're trying to take out. In a situation like that, I was definitely, I was definitely scared. I, I think I tweeted something like, "I was, I was scared. I was confused. I didn't know what was going to happen." But these guys bailed Boone out, and we won. And I love that. It's a never say die fight till the end. Someone's going to figure it out. And we didn't have that last year because it was boom or bust. Right? We lose all these games. We we lose, lose every one so of, many these of these games, games unless somehow we can hit three solo shots, like. It's it's just a different it's a different team it's a different like aura it's like the new Yankee way like these these guys have a chip on their shoulder they band together and they know they it's like the, the chip on their shoulder is that hey we should be in a way worse situation than we are with all the injuries we had but we know we're just as good as anyone else we're one of the best teams in baseball we're gonna figure it out and we're not gonna lose to the O's and we're damn sure not gonna lose a competitive game to the Rays who we have to face and have to fight for first. And I think, you know, we're even seeing in that game, Kendrick Morales is hitting, you know, upper deck bombs. That's Yo. a swing that is made. <laughs> that swing was made for Yankee Stadium. Yo. He's not sticking around. There's no way he sticks sticks on this roster. But it's cool but to see for now. I used to say, and my dad told me this. Uh, that's where I got it from. Everyone gets to be a Yankee once. You're like, Jose yeah. Canseco has a World Series ring with the Yankees. Yeah. I did years ago. I did it on Barstool. I did it with uh, Neil Keefe from Keefe to the City because I originally said it on his podcast. And I made like an all, uh, everyone gets to be a Yankees first team, people who played for the Yankees for three years or less who are like, who are all-stars. Intro. Um, uh, yeah, you get all sorts of guys. Beltran. Like Kenny Lofton. Yeah, if you start like, going back. Yeah, like Kenny Lofton and was a Yankee. Jose the thing Canseco. about Kendry's, weren't we? We were looking at Kendry's, in the last couple of years, we were looking at Kendry's at like either the trade deadline. I think when he was with the Blue Jays or someone, he was, there was like a rumor that we were looking at him. So when he got yeah, DFA'd. He's one, he's one of those names that just kind of pops up because he is a lefty. He's crafty. only 35 years old. Um, he brings veteran experience. I mean, he's a career, you know, 260 hitter. And, you know, he's hit 200-something home runs. He doesn't offer you a ton, you know, as, uh, you know, being defensive at all. But if you need someone who can maybe catch a hold of one, he'll swing out of his fucking shoes. Yeah. And what, what they're saying is that what he brings to the table is just that like knowledge of pitchers and what their, you know, what their approach is. And he's helping the other guys telling them, hey, this is what this guy's going to throw at you. Uh, if you're down 0-2, look out for this. Like giving, giving the younger guys just a little nugget of knowledge for when they're going up to the plate. And if you look at some of these guys' approaches in the last week, you know, Glaber, Gary, even guys like Cameron Mabin, like for some reason, Geo, like these guys are going up, a DJ, like they're going up. Sunday, we put up 13 runs, right? And I was in the in the suite saying, like once Adovino got in, I'm like, okay, now we have a real game. Now at this point, we're going to see who's better, us or the Rays, who wants this more? And we smacked the shit out of them, like, it was it was too fun to watch. I was just laughing the whole time. Like bases clearing double from Tyro Estrada. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. Like did Kendry's tell him what to look for? Well, that's the thing that they say about Morales is that he spends a ton of time in the video room. And right. so if he's only here for a little bit, and in that little bit of time, he's gonna spend a lot of time in the video room. Cause from what it looks like, I mean, I don't know how much career he realistically has left. So he could be a guy who transitions into a coaching role, probably not for the Yankees, but somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he's getting that work in early. It's something that Beltron used to do. And now Beltron's an advisor. So it looks like he's setting himself up for the rest of his, you know, his post-playing career. Um, but hey, I'll take the home run. I'll Hell take yeah. the, the RBIs when he's got him in him. I did sit through that 11-inning 
game on Saturday. And boy, was that not fun. Oh, that sucked. And then Gary Gary grounds into the double play to end double it. I, to- I think I threw a pillow across the room. Like, why did I, I wasted I wasted a lot of time on that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I drove up, sat there for the whole game, waited, waited. I mean, we had we had Hicks come Hicks really um back. He gets thrown out at the plate running through a stop sign, which isn't good. But then I think we collectively all held our breath when um Tanaka did a spinning heel kick to a ground ball. Right. Um, that was when that ball, it was like, I could see, I'm like, the ball's hit, but wait, it's at first base. Did I miss something here? And then he leaves the game. That was, I try not to be negative, you know, when we're talking Yankees and how good they are. But I was just like, this is, this is not good. That's this is not good at all. The same thing I say about watching a train wreck, a car crash, a scary movie. I'm watching, I'm like, no, it was a great kick save, but I'm like, we can't afford him to get hurt. You know how he got hurt with the hamstrings last year? I'm thinking as soon as that hits, I'm like, fracture. Now Tanaka's done. Um, but I think he was coming out of that game anyway. And like I said, they they announced today that he's going to pitch Thursday. So all is, is well. It ends well. But that shit is scary. Even watching Luke Voigt. I tweeted the other day, everyone throws at Luke Voigt's face. Every time this guy plays, he's dodging a fastball at his like left shoulder. I'll tell you who's not helping Luke Voigt is CC Sabathia because CC Sabathia <laughs> on a Friday night said too because he tried to hit, yeah he tried to hit uh, Meadows and he said and as he was coming off the mound he said I tried to hit that motherfucker <laughs> he, he's like I tried to hit his ass like yo yeah that's Cece, what he said. I tried to hit his stop ass. dude just stop like he's he's like instigating all of this and we don't need this we definitely don't need this and Luke is Luke is definitely getting pissed because he's. He's ducking. He's losing his helmet every game, and it's like a, a, a theme. Someone tweeted uh, back to me, and I was like, "I hope, I hope Boston throws at him, and that's when he has has had enough." I hope in the Boston series next Friday night, someone throws at him, and he's just like, "Okay, now we got a brawl," because this guy is getting thrown at every other game. It's tough because he is. He's such a threat, and he does kind of come in. You know, he he stays somewhat close to the plate, so they can kind of play dumb about it. But, yeah, Voight's going to snap. Now, so we're in first place Friday. We're out of first place Saturday. Sunday, we go back to it. Uh, really, the game got busted open in a, in a tie game in the sixth inning. The Yankees scored seven runs, four hits. They had five walks, which is – that is Yankees World Series winning baseball, is seeing a lot of pitches. And that's one of the things with Hicks back in the lineup. Hicks yeah. sees a lot of fucking pitches. Yeah, he's and seeing it. When we were a dynasty with Joe Torre, the um, you know we saw a lot of pitches too. So they're out there, they're seeing pitches, they're letting the uh, the Rays kind of work themselves out of the game. Question I have for you, sitting there at that game on Sunday, was Brian Cashman in the suite while like anything really good happened? Um, yeah, he popped in around around the time of that um. That bases clearing double from from Estrada, and we all were just kind of looking at each other, laughing like this is what's going on right now. I think he left right after that; like the game was pretty much done after that. But um, yeah, we we I just kept pointing to the Johnny Walker keep walking sign because I'm like I knew what was coming. Like we're seeing pitches, their their pitch count is going up. We're getting guys on base. Like here comes the boom. I was just waiting for it, and uh, Estrada was the guy with the double, and then Guardy hits a double. Um, we just piled it on, and yeah, like. Uh, Mr. Cashman was in and out, but um, I'm trying to think of where, where else he was in. He was definitely in the suite when I think um, Chad got taken out and Nestor Cortez came in, and it wasn't looking that great. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a low point. I think everyone thought, you know, this is either going to be a loss or just like a really, really long Sunday. You know, it's one of those, I'll be honest, I was in and out of naps, you know, like <laughs> It's one of those Sundays where sun, I, one of the Sundays you have it on in the background. Yeah, especially after going to the game all day Saturday. It's like, you know, my white ass got a little bit of sun, so I was <laughs> sleepy for like two days. Um, yeah, but it's it just an exciting game. It shows the team can, again, just stick with it. Keep fucking winning games. And once again, we're back in first place. Um, with that, one thing I do want to talk about, and this is normally, I know in the first episode you did this, I want to talk about Yankees Twitter, and I want to bitch a little bit here. Go for it. The people who think that when I tweet out or I write an article that says, how are you going to celebrate the Yankees being in first place? 
that I jinxed the Yankees or that my tweet has anything to do with how the Yankees perform on the field are fucking stupid. Like whenever I do something, <laughs> I've like, seen oh, some great. of that. <laughs> like, oh great, you jinxed them now. And no, and those like, people are, they're they're getting at you for jumping the gun. No, you're jumping the gun. I just believe in this team. I'm not right. Andrew Rotondi. I didn't schedule my wedding during Game Four of the World Series because I don't believe in this roster. <laughs> I believe in them. <laughs> yeah, man. And Twitter is great because people are so quick. Even with this with this uh, Chad Green game, right? I posted the selfie with Brian Cashman, and someone goes, "Ask him why we're punting this game." And I, I saw that. I'm like, "Who's punting? What the fuck are you talking about? This is the second inning." And literally, someone responded to that, and they say this tweet didn't age well when the final score is 13-5. Like we weren't punting shit. That's when we all had the walk off against Seattle the next day, we were down, and people were like, "Oh well, this game fucking sucks." And it was like, "Yo, it's the fourth inning. You can never give up on this team." And there was no more evidence of that than last night. You know, Monday yeah, night, we're down exactly. six fucking one. We're at six one in Baltimore, and now the Orioles stink. I know they stink. You know they stink. Everyone, they know they stink. But we do have a tough time historically playing in Baltimore. And we get, because we're going to see their best. These guys, you know, they get up for those games. You get up when the Yankees are on the other side, when they're in the other dugout. Their fans actually show up. Well, our fans actually show up. So they know it's going to be a packed, packed uh, well, not packed. They don't pack the stadium. Yeah. But there's going to be more fans in the stadium than usual. And we're down 6-1. We end up coming back, blowing this game open, and winning 10-7. I mean, you can't quit on this team fucking ever. I was tweeting jokingly because, obviously, I'm a basketball fan, too. I was like, well, might as well watch uh, the Warriors close it out. And I I tweet little things like, uh, let's see what, you know, I'm watching the game. But, obviously, I have multiple screens. I have a tablet. I have a a phone and a a flat screen. So I can see everything without ever changing the game. And I, I tweeted at the maybe, I don't know what point of the game it was, but I, I tweeted, hope you didn't turn the game all the way off, folks. Like, here it comes. And then when <laughs> yes. Gary hit the three-run bomb, I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? That's exactly what was going to happen. I didn't know if Gary was going to get up, but if it went how it went, and yeah, I, 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 knew, I knew we were coming back. We slowly crept back. It was like 6-3. Then they they tacked they tacked another one on. It was like seven three, and then we slowly inched our way back. And then in the ninth, it's, it's a wrap for you. I mean, when you've got Gleyber Torres hitting, uh, you know, two home runs every time he plays the Orioles. Every time he plays the Orioles, and when he hit the home run in the second inning, uh, I don't know. I retweeted it, but uh, Masson, the Orioles TV show uh, channel. Yeah. The announcer was just going nuts. And he's yeah. like, what are we doing? Stop it. Get him out of yeah, here. Walk him. <laughs> like, yeah. like, put the four up. Walk him. Do and not pitch to him. What's interesting is Judge also kills the Orioles, too. Like, Can Judge murders them as well. Yeah. When we get Judge and Glaber back, I mean, obviously, we have years of Judge and Glaber punishing the Orioles. But um, that's another thing I want to get at Yankees Twitter because there's so many trolls and, and negative Nancys and Debbie Downers. I don't want to hear another person say something stupid about Aaron Judge and Giancarlo coming back and us going back to living and dying by the long ball. No, it's like we're not going to live and die by the long ball. This is a former MVP and an almost MVP. A you future won. MVP. Right. Aaron Judge is a MVP. future MVP. He almost won the MVP. He'll probably And I didn't jinx him saying that. No, it's definitely not a jinx. These are guys that everyone wants in their lineup. And they're going to strike out, but they're also going to draw walks. And you know what? Most importantly, they're going to hit bombs. They're going to come up when there's two, three guys on bombs. So Yankees Twitter, stop being so damn pessimistic. Like, believe. That's the thing about Yankees fans, too. We're literally the worst group of fans because we fight ourselves and we go against ourselves. Even people last night getting at um, getting at Cashman. Oh, well, this is another Cashman mistake. J-Hap sucks. Yo, don't you dare say that. Look at this team and look at all the other Cashman wins. Don't you dare. I say all the time, I can't imagine. Imagine if there was Twitter in like 1998. Like, nope. What is that like? Or I would love to know, like, what did people call into like Francesca, like Mike and the Mad Dog? Like, because there's nothing to complain about. They would have figured it they out. They still found they a way. They definitely out. still found a way. They would have like, figured out a way to bash the core four. 
our pitching. How do we have Brocious? Why don't we still have Boggs? Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Can't believe we lost to the Diamondbacks. This team sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's wild. So the Yankees now sit today on Tuesday, one full game up in the standings. Uh, in first place, I hope we never give it back to anyone. I don't think the Rays are uh, built to come back. I just don't think they have it in them to come back and, and get back in the first place. Nah, I they think. know they know the deal now. They they rode high for April. And... And, and good for them. You know, we do have the Red Sox getting better, though. They're four and yeah, a half games like back. That. They're above 500. We have a big series coming up uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't get tickets, you missed out. We'll be there on Friday night with Bronx Pinstripes for a BP crew event. I think I'm going to go Thursday, and I think I'm going to go Saturday, too. I think I'm just going to move back to New York for the weekend. Yeah, I um, might be, I'm definitely going to the Bronx Pinstripes event, but I might be at more. It's a four-game series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, might be, I might be at two out of four. Yo, Batista, what's up with these Thursday night sweets? You know? <laughs> Seriously, though. Right? <laughs> Adoni Batista. Um, we need Cashman's box. So let's talk about who is going to be on this roster going forward because we have some injury updates. Last week, I feel like there weren't a lot of injury updates. This week, a lot of injury updates. First, uh, Masahiro Tanaka looks like he's going to pitch on Thursday. It ends up just being a bruise. He's fine. Thank God, because I was very worried about us having to start Sessa in a game. Um, Paxton uh, threw another bullpen session today. They thought that this would be enough for him to come back. He said that he felt no discomfort, but he wants to throw a three-inning simulation game on Friday. So it seems like we're not going to get him back this weekend, but we will have him back at some point next week. Maybe even, you know, uh, in that Red Sox series, which would be nice to, to get him in there because once he's figured out some things and stopped tipping pitches, he's been really good. Yeah, the big maple we saw, I forget when he had a bunch of shutout innings, who the <sighs> opponent was. I think it was but, the Giants. It was when Carlos Beltran fixed him, and uh, Larry Rothschild did nothing. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is a guy that we went out and got. This was our first big signing of the uh, 2019 offseason, and we need that. We literally need that. Um, Domingo has been amazing. Literally, Domingo is Seve. Like he's he's playing the role of Seve maybe better than Seve would have played it this year. But Here's we need, the interesting thing. We need thing. Paxton. Did you, if I told you in spring training that come May 21st, Domingo Herman would be pitching for us tonight. No. Not only pitching, but like I'm genuinely excited to yeah, watch. Him exactly. Pitch. He's he's the most exciting to watch. You're gonna watch this game knowing that he's about to get his ninth win and lead the league in wins. But I used to group him with Sessa and Low Isaaca and the rest of these. Like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> he I wouldn't was a put hard a dollar throwing. bet on it. I wouldn't yeah, have put a dollar bet on it. He was a hard throwing throw in, but in a trade. But I like how fast he works too. He gets the ball. He's throwing it back because he's still a young guy. It'd be very easy to get caught up in pitching for the Yankees, being in Yankee Stadium, being as good as he's been this year. But he gets the ball, gets a sign, and goes. He's not taking a lot of time in between pitches, and I love that. Other pitchers. Dylan Batantis uh, today threw from 105 feet. It's the second of uh, – or no, this was yesterday. On Monday, he threw from 105 feet. Second of five straight days he'll throw. He continues to build up his arm strength. He'll get out to 120 feet doing some long toss, uh, and they said at some point, uh, June, he'll be back. Also coming back in June, Sir Didi the God, who is got his first game action. And what's great is the whole thing was May 20th, Didi is going to play DH. He'll DH a few days, then he'll start looking at it. And then very quickly, and I think for all Yankee fans, we had to be excited because everything's been setback, setback, setback with everyone who's been injured. But for Didi to get upgraded from DHing to actually playing shortstop in that first game, getting two hits and a walk, he got three ground balls, made one throwing error. I don't think the throwing error has anything to do with Tommy John surgery. That's just a throwing error is going to happen every once in a while as you're working out the kinks in essentially his spring training. We're going to have Didi back by mid-June, which is fucking amazing because we were worried about July, August for him. Yeah, where's Tulo? <laughs> so Tulo, actually, now that you mentioned it, is taking ground balls at shortstop, but also third base because it's very yeah. apparent to him. Now, Troy Tulowitzki has played like, I forget how many innings. It's like 24,000 innings or something um, 
in the major leagues. Every single one of them at shortstop. Uh, he's played 1,200 innings in the minor leagues, all at shortstop. He has never professionally played a position other than shortstop. But in order to try to stick on this roster, I mean, he's got still got fucking Gio Urshela in the way because you've got really when Didi comes back, Glaber goes back to second, uh, DJ goes to third, and then who is our backup infielder? I feel like it's going to be Gio Urshela, but Tulo wants to try to stick with this team. He's always wanted to be a Yankee. So he is. He approached the team and said, I'm open to playing another position. Uh, can I start taking balls at third base? So, I mean, yeah. I don't know that the spot's going to be there for him, but I like the attitude. Sure. I like I like the attitude. And, uh, I mean, I, I used to be a huge Tulo fan. I jokingly say, like, you know, where's Tulo? I want to see him come back. I don't want to see his, you know, career or legacy with the Yankees or his little time with the Yankees end like that. But, um, man, we're, we're solid, dude. Even, like, Estrada is bringing his back because he doesn't want to get sent back down. He's blocking... Um, Tyler Wade, he's making sure Tyler Wade isn't isn't needed. Um, this infield is going to be got to be fine. in a dark place. Tyler Wade's got to be in a dark place mentally. He's got to yeah. be begging for a trade at this point. I think I heard Susan Waltman last week talking about Tyler Wade had to drive from somewhere, like you know how it is in Indianapolis. Know, sent down, N- no. Yeah. So it was Talkman. Talkman um, drove to Indianapolis to meet the team. I don't know why he would do that. Like, why wouldn't you drive to Scranton and I then I think fly? he had family. His family is from Miami, and he stayed behind to be with his family after the Rays series and thought that he was going to Scranton. I don't know. I, I wish I, it just came to me. I he wish drove, I, I actually He had. drove to Indianapolis to meet the team because they were playing whatever the minor league team is in Indianapolis. And then as soon as he got there, he went in to meet the manager and the manager said, hey, great, uh, you're actually going back to New York. <laughs> Which uh, to, is still fun. It's like, oh, hooray. <coughs> but then where does Tyler Wade come in with his driving? He had to drive. Tyler Wade took Talkman's car because Talkman had to fly. Oh, the Yankees, right. the Yankees are. So when you get demoted, you have two days before you yeah. have to show up. You have a two-day grace period to get all your affairs in order or whatever it is. A lot of guys just go, especially if it's right to Scranton. You get in a car, they drive you to Scranton. You just start, you know, start playing right away because you want to earn your way back up. Um, I guess Talkman was maybe surprised by her. Like you said, maybe he had family. So he drove, which I thought was really weird. But then Tyler Wade was like, all right, well, you're going back. I'll drive your car. <laughs> what a nice guy. Yeah. T. Wade. Uh, who else but is yeah. coming? So we'll get, um, hopefully we'll get Stanton back. I mean, I don't think Last it's going to happen. Last night, Stanton went one for three with a home run and two strikeouts in a rehab game for the high A Trenton uh, Tampa Tarpons. Right. So they're saying he just needs a couple of games so we could see him by this weekend. I want that Monday. I want the 27th, Monday, when we play the Padres and Manny comes to town and it's Giancarlo Bobblehead Day. That'd be the Are you going? going I think I might go to that one. Um, What is your bobblehead? What decides, like, if you go for a bobblehead or not? I will definitely be there when they roll out the Mariano Rivera Captain American one, uh, Captain America one. That one is fire. Like it's got to be like a limited one, or like the David Wells one I got last year. It's got to be like either like like an old timer or like a Jedi or like something special. Like I said, like Mariano Mariano Rivera so just Captain Stanton. America. That's hard to say. So just Stanton, like a regular Stanton bobblehead, is it like maybe you'll go, but you're not dying to be there because Stanton will probably have. Some kind of specialty one at some point, whether it be Star Wars or no, Captain because whatever. <laughs> right now, uh, having a bobblehead with John Carlos Stanton in a Yankee uniform doesn't really do anything for me because he hasn't really done anything in the Yankee uniform. Um, but that's cool. you got to get in at the ground floor. It's cool. It's like right. buying yeah, Coke. It's, cool. it's like buying buying stock in Coke. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll get the bobblehead in 2019 and hope that he crushes it the rest of the time that he's with us. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're trying to line that up, too. It's like you don't want I think Susan Waldman said she's like, you don't want to have a bobblehead day when the guy's not there. And I think John said, like, well, it's scheduled. So if he's not ready to go, they're still going to have the bobblehead that was scheduled. I love it. And then this isn't in our notes because this broke late. Aaron Judge has taken dry swings and was out on the field playing catch today. Yeah, and, I just saw that in the chat. And that we didn't we did not expect. It kind of came out of nowhere because we didn't know. Like, they've been very vague about him. So he's probably going to need a rehab. He's probably, you know, he's going to take some time. But it's one foot in front of the other. We're starting to make some progress to getting 
judge back. And if I was the rest of the fucking league, I would be so scared because we've got Glyber is fucking killing the ball. You've got Luke Voigt getting hot. We've got Hicks back taking pitches, kind of balancing out this lineup. And now all of a sudden we've got Giancarlo Stanton, Didi Gregorius, Aaron Judge coming back, Dylan Betances, who has been an all-star like three times. You guys are fucked. The AL right. East, you right. fucked. Major League Baseball's worst nightmare is literally what we're seeing right now. We're thriving without our guys, and then you plug these guys back in, and we're unstoppable. And this is who we thought we were in February, you know, in January. And it's, it's going to be fun. We're, we're good. I mean, every night that I watch this team, I look for like, like last night, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we're coming back down to earth. Maybe we have some weaknesses, hap, you know, shit the bed. So there you go. There's a weakness. No, <laughs> there is no weakness right now. These guys want to win and they're talking it like Glaber saying, yeah, we want to win a championship. Like we're fighting. We know what this is. And the guys that are the replacement guys, they know that it's it could be short lived. So when uh, when our big boppers come back, our all stars, our big name guys, it's going to be fun. I hope we just destroy everyone and just blow everyone out on the way to 28 replace for 28 it's gonna be sick let's talk around the league a little bit we got a couple stories here one i try not to talk too badly about other teams on here because coming from barstool that was kind of all we did was just fight between the teams but the mets are a fucking disaster and i <laughs> tweeted this and you know what if you know a mets fan you send this to them i'm gonna make sure this is a social media clip for us if you are a met fan and you choose to continue to be a met fan with this laughing stock of a franchise who can never get their shit in order, you're a fucking cutter. That's what you are because you're a grown-ass adult, and I don't give a fuck if your dad put you in the fucking orange and blue when you were a baby or your mom fucking blue Daryl strawberry for cocaine. I don't care. If you <laughs> choose to be a Mets fan in 2019, you're fucking stupid. You're a cutter. You deserve no help. Because not only are the Mets, Mets fans, every Mets fan is just like, how do we fire Mickey Calloway? We need him gone. We need him gone. And maybe I don't watch the games, so I don't know if he's a bad manager. I can tell you, you got a bad team and you got a bad atmosphere because now Cespedes broke his ankle on his ranch in Florida. You haven't even seen him all year. <laughs> and this guy's fucking riding horses. Home of the yearly Cespedes family barbecue, I assume. He has a ranch. And, you know, I have some sources. And last year, I overheard some things when he got hurt. And I asked you, I said, what? How did he get hurt last year? Because we haven't seen this guy. He's a ghost. Like, we haven't seen him on MLB Network, on SNY. No one watches SNY. Uh, we haven't seen him on ESPN. Like, he's not a real person anymore. Is he hiding on this ranch? Man, there's a cover-up going on because the Mets are so dysfunctional. They figure now we'll throw this card. I think Cespedes has been hurt since last year, and they just have played with the media and covered things up. And last year was supposed to be a golf injury. He got hurt playing golf. But I heard last year that he got hurt on his ranch. Here we are. Fast forward to 2019, and you have the Robinson Cano. And I, yo, how much do you love that Robinson Cano is a part of this? You have to love that as a Yankee fan. When they were I, excited about getting Robinson Cano, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, He's like, like no. 36 years old. When he signed the contract in Seattle, obviously I wanted him to stay with the Yankees, but not for the money he was getting. And you give that guy with his attitude that much money, he's no. going to play second base in a fucking folding chair. That's and a, obviously he was wish. out there taking steroids. That's a huge wish. Exactly. And he was suspended 80 games last year. Yeah, we'll take that guy. He's going to come here and lead us to victory. Fuck no. You're going to get exactly what you're going to get. Robinson Cano was never Johnny Hustle. Like, he's not going to run it out the first. And it, in the mix of all these other things, they throw the Cespedes card in. Because now it's like, yo, um, we're probably going to fire the manager. Let's let's now say that Cespedes got hurt on his ranch. And it's they're they're roasting this guy. They're playing the horses in the back on the radio when they talk about Cespedes, they're saying that he's I was gonna on say horse poop. Do we they're have to blame like, Lil Nas X? Does Lil Nas X take a look? Number bit one of this song play? in the country has inspired Yoannis Cespedes to spend more time on his ranch. What the fuck is going on, yo? Only the New York mess. These guys, like, if you're a fan of the Mets, right? Like, why are you a fan of the Mets? 
now in 2019. I don't care about your little 2015 World Series run. You lost. If you're still riding with a, a blue and yellow or a blue and orange anything, like I just don't get the like pride and the like you like this is the most dysfunctional organization in this city. They took the cake, right? The Knicks, the Knicks, uh, everyone was uh, talking about the Knicks. Oh, they didn't get the first pick. Oh, uh, Jim Dolan, this and this and that. The Giants drafted Daniel Jones, six overall. Uh, Dave Gettleman, who's the GOAT, by the way. Dave Gettleman ruined his team. The Jets. The Jets have Adam Gase as their head coach. And, um, and GM. They, and now he's their GM. They, they fire their GM. Here come see, the Mets. Did you see that Todd Frazier and Adam Eaton were fighting in the dugout yesterday, too? Yeah. Like, what is that? And I they know they had beef. They in used 2016 to be on the White Sox. Right. On the South the Mets, side, they used to be teammates. And why the Mets do you bring put in them, two guys who don't like each other? That, it's just stupid. It's, they make a lot of dumbass moves from top to bottom, from the Wilpons to Brody Van Wagenen, who is the GM and also Cano's agent. No, no, no. Here's another great thing. I'm so, confused because I, I don't know how they even put this together and think they're going to roll out for 162 games and say, come get us. Like, technically, Jonas Cespedes, and you've got to like look at the contract, but the Mets may be able to void his contract now. Oh, it's, he's Cespedes' agent. He's also, he was Cespedes' agent. So if the Mets were, so if Brody were to decide as a general manager of the Mets, he was going to go after Cespedes' contract. They would be able to claw back signing bonus money, which would mean Brody would have to cut a check himself because he already got paid commission on the signing bonus money. So he has to decide if he wants to take money out of his own pocket to save the team money. This what a fucking disaster. The New York mess, 30 for 30. In 30 years, they're going to talk about what the fuck was going on in Queens. Like, I don't want to hear it, man. You Mets fans got to tuck. But actually, this is a perfect time to proposition you Mets fans. Come over to the other side. You can be a Yankee fan. All of you do it. We know you're all closet Yankee fans. You're watching this replace for 28 team thinking, damn, the Yankees are good. And they have every excuse to suck right now. Their whole team is hurt. Why do I still root for the Mets? Why do I even open a tab at McFadden's? Why do I eat at the Shake Shack? I get it when you're a kid and your parents make you a Met fan, but now if you're a grown-ass adult and you're still doing that, you're fucking stupid. You're in an abusive relationship and the team of your dreams is right across town. And we're right here. Open arms. We'll give a one-week amnesty. You can tweet this out. Yankee fans, tell your friends there's a one-week amnesty. They come in next Tuesday. That's it. They're out. Yeah, and warning, yo, if I see any of you dumbass Mets fans that come to Yankee Stadium and wear your, like, Conforto jerseys, like, I'm just going to shove you. I'm just going to give you a shoulder. Like, don't do any of that stupid shit. There was a guy in the dugout run. in a Cindergaard jersey and a Mets hat on Saturday, and I was like, why? Like, why? We know you like baseball. You're already here. Like, I go to the Super Bowl. I go to Vegas for the Super Bowl every year, and there are always people in, like, oh, Bengals jerseys. It's like, yeah, you like football. We get it. You're here. Trash. I you know? say that every every year I say that when the Super Bowl comes around. I'm like, why do people wear their loser ass team on the Super Bowl when you're watching the Patriots and whoever can come out of the NFC, you're gonna just decide to wear your your I don't know, Bears jersey to like no, don't don't rep your team on Super Bowl Sunday. You didn't make it. And Mets fans, don't rep your team when they consistently just have news and uh news and headline after headline that's just garbage and bullshit. It's like you guys don't know what's going on. Are you going to fire Mickey Calloway? They're talking about bringing in everyone from Joe Torre, Joe Girardi, Dusty Baker. Uh, Buck Showalter. The manager from Bull Durham. Like, That's a good manager. That's good managing right there. I don't know his name. But it's like they're reaching now. They're like, they need to bring in one of these guys. There's so many guys out there. Uh, Buck Showalter. Well, go do it then. Go do it. It's simple. Go, no. go get a real manager then. Fuck the Mets. And let's talk about one more story from, I guess, kind of around the league. A-Rod got caught taking a poop. Everybody poops, including A-Rod. So um, the picture is out there, but uh, I know A-Rod and his lawyers are trying to get that covered up. But it's just a picture of A-Rod in his bathroom, in his apartment, just on his phone, sitting there taking a dump. (laughs) Uh, It looks like it was taken from the hedge fund next door. Uh, A-Rod and his lawyers intend on trying to sue. They got, they're going to figure out who it is, which is like kind of doable. Uh, if you get like the FBI involved, but there was no nudity involved. 
It's really just A-Rod sitting on the toilet. My question is, like, doesn't J-Lo poop? Couldn't this have been J-Lo? Yeah, and <laughs> now that I think about it, I actually didn't think about that at all. Someone was uh, waiting to capture A-Rod, and this is the exact type of, like, nightmare that A-Rod never wants to have. Like, A-Rod is the type of nerd guy that, like, it, he wasn't exposed. It was, a uh, you know, it was just all, all you could see from him was his knees and his, like, a little bit of his thighs. But in A-Rod's head and in A-Rod's world, he's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe they caught me with my pants down. And, like, I think you could see that uh, it was his place because the towels were, like, monogrammed or whatever. Yeah. But A-Rod, he, you have to be on Fox Sports. You have to be on ESPN. You have to be on TV right after this. You, you had the perfect op- opportunity to flip this. Like, there's so many puns. Like, I, I think I put on the George's Box uh, Instagram. I was like, shit, A-Rod is pissed. Pun intended. Like, he could have had, had fun with this. He could have made a joke out of it. Instead, uh, the, the next report that comes out after the picture goes viral is that he's sending lawyers to find out who it is. Like, come on, A-Rod. You're rich as fuck. What are no. you going to really do? You're just, you're just trying to uh, ruin someone's life for making a funny Instagram moment? I don't think he does. So when you're A-Rod, A-Rod was so hated for so long, and now he's, like, rehabbed his image so much. I think getting to be the victim here... For a little bit like I don't know that his lawyers are actually going to find someone or sue anyone or anything like that but instead of being like the big bad like you know millionaire who ruined the Yankees and ruined baseball and all stuff as he's been portrayed as he gets to be the victim a little bit everybody wants to be the victim in 2019 for a little bit uh but like where the fuck are your blinds like I lived in New York yes yeah, I lived huge in the window I lived on the Upper East Side uh a Normandy Court which a lot of people know that build know those buildings and my windows faced, it was a couple, maybe like 100 yards to, a, to other windows. My bedroom blinds, I lived there for four years. They were never opened once. Because, like, you just got to have that shit closed. Yeah, and most people in New York know that, like, I lived in Soho when I lived in the fan cave. And you can see right into the, like, it's New York. It's buildings on top of buildings, right next to buildings. And if you don't have blinds, expect to not have any privacy. I feel I'd like. I'd see people having sex all the time. I well, saw, some people in New York definitely do that on purpose. I've seen that. I'm like, they're they're trying to put on a show. If you go like, to the if you go to um Brass Monkey on like Little West 12th, it's right below yeah. the standard. You go nice hang out on the rooftop. <laughs> you go hang out on the rooftop and you look up and people are just having sex in the standard in the windows because they're voyeurs. Yeah, that used to be the spot. But yeah, I don't know. A-Rod, uh, stop trying to play the victim. You had an opportunity to flip this. He could have made a joke out of it. He could have posted it on his own social media and made a joke out of it. Instead, it's like Imagine A Rod just said, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, like, like he, he could have literally taken, like, I don't know if he's got a team around him, like a crisis management team or something. They should have taken the opportunity to flip it and own it. He could have owned this and it would have just helped his new A Rod image even more. But instead, it's like he's taking legal action. Like, don't, man. People enjoyed this. We all got a laugh out of it. Everyone in the baseball world thought that was funny. And even the people that he's now uh, made himself familiar with, with J Lo and the pop culture world, Everyone got a kick out of it. This dude could have said, yo, I'm, I'm taking a shit. I'm shitting on the world, making million dollar deals from my iPhone, taking a shit. You're watching me like, you know, I don't know. Anything he could have done to flip that instead of taking the uh, legal approach. Um, okay, let's say you're in the same situation. You go, you look out a window, A-Rod's in there taking a shit. You have that same view. One, do you take a picture? Two, do you put it on social media yourself? I'm going live with that. I'm going live with that. Like, I don't the think thing I is, would. I would maybe I don't I don't know if I would post it. I think I would would do something like a live or a story, something that can like disappear. Um, I don't know if I'm taking the still image and posting it because everyone can screenshot it and then that's what, like that's exactly what I did. I think I saw it on MLB Trash Talkers and Deadspin. Screenshot, posting it on our page. Everyone did the same thing. If you're doing a video or a live video and you're just pointing in the back, like. Look at this dumbass. He's in this expensive apartment taking a shit with the blinds open. And that, that window was like 10 by 10. Like, it was a huge window. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Taking a shit does get me. Like, if his dick was out, I'm, I'm probably taking that. I'm taking that pick. We, yeah, we know. We yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Yo, some, some celebrities' nudes get out. I'm looking. I, don't, I mean, that's the thing, too. I don't get it. He wasn't exposed at all. All we saw was his knees. And his thighs, it's, it's not a big deal. I think it was an embarrassing moment. Like, you know, A-Rod doesn't shit. A-Rod doesn't use the bathroom. 
no one ever sees A-Rod use a bathroom. Just like a girl. He doesn't poop and he doesn't fart. Right. That's why we love A-Rod. Well, the A-God. That's what we have for you this week. It's been an exciting week in Yankees baseball. We are your first place New York Yankees. As always, I am one of your hosts, JJ. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow Keith at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter, at Keith McPherson on Instagram. If you're listening to this on Wednesday and you're in the Jersey City area, my man Keith is speaking on a podcast panel. Keith, you got some info on that? Yeah, it's at Anco Work on Montgomery and Grove Street, uh, right in downtown Jersey City. I think there's already 100 RSVPs. Let's there's go. There's a couple other people on the um, panel that are very well accomplished and have some dope podcasts as well. So if you're around, come check it out. If not, I'll probably post some videos or pictures from it um, Thursday or maybe Wednesday night. Nice. Um, and just one last update. I am freezing right now. This has been my flu game. This has been another episode of George's well Box. Well done, JJ. Well R- done. Rate, subscribe when you see it. Uh, tweet it. Just retweet it. Tell a friend. Everyone tells a friend. We double our listeners. We really appreciate it. Tell your friends that Brian Cashman listens to this and Michael Fishman listens to this, and they're going to rate and subscribe and all that. We're lit. Yeah, you don't want to feel left out. You'd be fucking stupid if Cashman's here and you're not. Hey, that's all we got for this week. But you know what? We're in first place now, so I early November. We'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.